Welcome, everybody, to the loudest podcast, the loudest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Asterios Kokodos. With us, as always, is Sarancho. Hello. Now, Sarancho, we have some pretty big things planned for Valentine's Day this year, and I think that we ought to let the people know about it. Valentine's Day? Oh, God, yes. Uh, what are we doing? Going to sleep cupcake? We're going to see... How, tell people about this artist you like. Okay, uh, Kapkake is a disgusting rapper who I learned about in college. I think it's listeners, I think it's very, very funny. I don't know why, but I find it very funny to become random fans of people who are very bad at things. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I, I, it makes me really excited to just see somebody just trying their damnedest to like paint or make comics or do something like that. Like, if you go through my Instagram and who I'm following, you will see, I think, a lot of like, I follow about three. I've been really into recently. There's this one guy that just posts all over Kanye's stuff. I am number one rapper from Ghana. Please support me. So I comment on all of his stuff. He's got like 58 followers. And it, let me tell you, if God and rapper, best rapper in Ghana has 100 followers, I'm one of them. If he has one <laughs> follower, I'm one of them. If he has haters, if he has one hater, I'm dead. Wait, what is it? If he has no haters, if he has a hater... If he has no fans, I'm dead. <laughs> you can do it. I know you can do it. If he has any haters, I'll kill them. <laughs> if he has any haters, I'll kill them. No, I don't know what, with that, how that ends. But no, if this random rapper from Ghana, I don't remember his name. If he has a million fans, I'm one of them. If he has zero <laughs> fans, I'm one of them. If he has negative one fans, I killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a weird nega rancha going around who hates buying vapes under the counter at bodegas. Yeah, exactly. No, so we're going to see Kapkake, who is an artist who raps about, I'm familiar with, she raps about sucking dick a lot. She's. I learned about her in college. It was one of those things. That's kind of how it started, is we started listening to, one of my friends kept, we was like, yo, you gotta listen to this. Then I was like, I'm hooked. Yep, 100%. Number one rapper in Ghana, come to Brazil. You're telling me someone named Kapkake might have risque lyrics? Oh, yes. Her name is spelled Kapkake with, like, Bukake. <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned that. No, I mean, I was, I was hoping it was clear, but I think you're right. I think we should make it crystal clear for people. She's doing a concert. Like, okay, so I get all these, like, boomer music emails, and they're all like, hey, do you want to see this guy before he dies? Hey, do you want to see that guy before he dies? Hey, you want to see this one before she definitely dies? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's usually like, I go through my emails, like, oh, Guided by Voices. Oh, Yola Tango. Like, three people who are, like, in their 60s or 70s. Bob Odenkirk directed a great video for Yola Tango in the 90s, though, for the for the music video uh, Sugar Cube. All right, but anyway. Man. Wait, wait, pause. Uh, oh, sidebar, because you oh, said Bob Odenkirk, and that yes. triggered me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my, I've been watching, I got my mom into Better Call Saul recently, and oh my God, I don't know if this, I will spare you, listener, the Better Call Saul talk, but I don't know if, dude, is watching TV with your parents, like, so fucking frustrating, or is it just me? Because I have to explain, like, is that what's like watching these shows for the first time? Because I have to sit here. She'll come in and sit down, and she'll watch the TV show, and then ask me these obvious fucking questions that, like, you clearly don't know the answer to yet like for example let me give you an example oh, from season one. season one i don't think this is A gonna better be a call Saul. okay so mike mike ermintraud the bald dude from breaking bad uh his son was a police officer in philadelphia who got killed by his partner 
Hoffman and Fenske, who killed him because Hoffman and Fenske were dirty, and mm. Mike's son, Matt, was not dirty, and they were afraid he was going to report the dirty cops, so his partners killed him. And then, as you find out through the course of the episode 5-0, that what happened to Hoffman and Fenske is Mike murdered both of them and is being arrested for, uh, or not arrested, but in- investigated for the murder. Okay. <laughs> But you don't find that out. You don't find the complete, you don't get the complete picture of what happened until it's at the end. But oh my God, the entire time I was sitting through this uh, TV show, my mom's sitting there, what happened to Maddie? What happened to Maddie? Was he a police officer, Sriracha? I was like, yes, he was a police. Did he die in the line of duty? Did he die? Was he killed by somebody? Or did he die just on the job? I was like, I don't know, mom, you got to watch the show. She's like, Poor Hoffman and Fenske. How did they die? Did they die in the same way that Maddie died? Like, she's sitting there narrating the questions that, like, if you sat down and you wrote a script, you'd be like, oh, these are the questions that the audiences are going to be asking themselves in their head as they watch the TV show. But no, she asks them out loud and then expects a response from me. Do you spoil things for her or no? Are you just one of those people who's like, mom, shut up and watch the show? I tried the first three times. I said, you got to watch the show. You're going to find out. And then she gets annoyed by that response. And she's <laughs> like, it's always you got to watch with you. And I'm like, yeah, you could stop watching the TV at any point you want. By the way, you're an adult. But no, she expects an answer. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll ask, I'll return the question with a question. Ooh. Like, like, they, like they tell you to do with kids who are asking, why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? You'd be like, well, why do you think Matt died? Do you think Mike killed his son? Do you think Hoffman and Fenske did it? Or was it a crackhead with a gun? We don't know yet. We got to keep watching the episode. (laughs) That is so adorable. Look, I wonder if your addiction to Better Call Saul is now so strong that it's overriding the normal sense you'd have to not try and show your mom something you like. Yeah. Like, are I mean, you just out of people to talk about salt? Because, you know, I'm not going to watch it with you. I don't like to see all those shenanigans. Like, are you out of people to talk about salt with? You got to, like, indoctrinate your mom into the salt cult? I guess so. I'm done talking about the shitters on Reddit. I'm, I'm done sitting there arguing for six hours a day with people who don't know that uh, characters are real, that Patrick Fabian is not actually Howard Hamlin. How Hamlin? How Hamlin? <laughs> He's not actually dead, even. I saw somebody, did I tell you, I was arguing, I was on the Better Call Saul suburb with somebody, I don't know if I told this on the uh, podcast before, but- I was in like a 20 comment argument over like this character, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, no, he is not an honorable man because this, that, and the other thing. And it's going, it's going, going. And every, somebody comes, cuts in. It's like, actually, he's not because uh, he's a character played by Tony Dodd. I was like, no, shut up. I don't want help from you. No, we know. We're operating at a level higher than you. Like, yes, we know the cartel murderer is not actually a cartel murderer. He's an, he's an actor. He's playing a role. He didn't actually... How the fuck do we not catch this guy? Lalo Salamonki, he's in 40 horny Mexican telenovelas. How have they not got this guy yet? Okay, first off, I believe you have told our <laughs> listeners before about like the levels to which you will go to argue with the 14-year-old boys who are on the Better Call Saul Reddit, upset that it's not a Marvel movie. But I I wanna pivot slightly to something that may upset you or it may not. Let's find out. Have you seen who this Super Bowl's newest popcorner mascots are? Popcorner mascots? Now for listeners who may not know what popcorners are, if you go to 7-Eleven, 
There are those like weird chips that are made of pressed popcorn and they're in triangles. You know, like you can eat squished popcorn or triangles at 7-Eleven. Those are popcorners. Now, Rancho, has this given you any new information as to who the new popcorners mascots might be? Is it how a hamburger? <laughs> I wish it were how a hamburger. But instead, I'm going to send you uh, an early look at this year's Super Bowl commercial for popcorners. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Flooded. Look, I'm flooded. That, to my ear, sounds distinctly like flooding. Ha! Ah. Even a blind squirrel. What? Nothing. Jesse and Walt from Breaking Bad are in character, and Jesse's trying to start his RV while Walt is eating some popcorners. That's kind of it. That's the whole commercial. They're arguing whether or not the car will start. That wasn't Aaron Paul, was it? Yes, that's Aaron Paul that and was the other guy. Aaron, no, I know this is Brian Cranston, but play that again. I gotta see Jesse's face. All right, we got, oh, it's Jesse. I think that's the Jesse. Is it it? It's Aaron Paul. It's Aaron, that, wow. What the fuck? Is that Aaron Paul? Did they film this a decade ago? <laughs> he looks good. <laughs> no, he, the hat does a lot of work. Oh, he does way too good. Bro, how did this Doritos commercial get a better Jesse than Better Call Saul? <laughs> According Jesus, to Variety, did they cryogenically freeze Aaron Paul? Like, did they inject him with something just for this commercial? Christ. According to Variety.com, I'm going to read this article verbatim. Headline reads, Popcorners bets on Breaking Bad to help Super Bowl commercial break through. It takes an event like the Super Bowl to reunite some of Hollywood's most distinctive characters, Tuco Salamanca, the menacing drug lord, <laughs> is set to join Walter White and Jesse Pinkman in a Super Bowl commercial from PepsiCo's Frito-Lay snack division. Oh, yeah. Everybody's fucking favorite character, Tuco Salamanca. Who could forget him? <laughs> Apparently, the characters played by Raymond Cruz, Brian Cranston, and Aaron Paul uh, will be in good company as Vince Gilligan, a.k.a. Bravo Vince himself, is directing the commercials. And the teaser videos leading up to them, which tells me it's probably also writing the commercials too, if he's directing them, which tells me brand new in-canon Breaking Bad adventures centered around three drug dealers trying to get popcorners. I was going to say, does this, is this officially the end of the Breaking Bad lore? Because I remember reading somewhere something somewhere that like Giancarlo Esposito said he was down to do, like, a Rise of Gus prequel, and then Vince was like, you are way too old. <laughs> oh, really? That's so sad. I don't know if he said that, true. but it was like, the reason why they were like, yeah, we're kind of interested in doing that, but, like, what are we going to do? The reason why they put the Mexico filter, like, you know the joke everybody has about Breaking Bad? It's like, uh... Normal, and then you put on yellow sunglasses, Mexico. <laughs> the yes, yes. Part of the reason why they do that is to make Gus look younger in scenes where he, like, meets up with the cartel, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it does help him look a little younger, like the severe tint on those <laughs> scenes. But no, it's like, who are we going to get to play Gus? Because you're kind of Gus now, and you're like 60s. So we really can't. Like, we tried slapping a mullet on Bob Odenkirk, and it just did not work. I, I kind of like how their approach to young, like, younging down Bob Odenkirk. Didn't they just, like, put him in, like, a Chicago Bears hat? And they're like, there you go. Look, he's in his 20s in Chicago. Oh, yeah, no, they don't even try. Like, the <laughs> people are 
they're filming up. This is one of the things I actually really like that about Better Call Saul because they don't even like try to make him look younger. The most that they do is give whoever plays Chuck a little bit more hair, like a smidge, <laughs> an ounce more hair, and then they give Bob Odenkirk a very cheap mullet wig. It's like, hey, look, it's the 80s now. <laughs> he has gigantic crow's feet. And Gus, they don't even try. This is nice. It's like John Carlo Opusito. He goes to Mexico. There's a bunch of scenes where he's in Mexico. And they like, I don't even I think they, they either tone down the filter or don't apply it at all with scenes at night. Because John Carlo Esposito, this is supposed to be like 10 years before Breaking Bad. He looks absolutely no, he looks no, no younger. He looks the exact same age. He looks older than he does in Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm continuing to read this article in Variety.com. Apparently there's going to be some sort of Austin Powers thing where they reunite everybody uh, so they could talk about General Motors electric vehicles. Uh, General Motors also reunited a lot of the cast of The Sopranos to do a commercial <laughs> for the electric Chevy Silverado. If you thought that some of these actors were above a gigantic Super Bowl paycheck. You're goddamn wrong. Jesse and Walt are back. They're in the RV. Apparently, it's the RV from the ninth episode of the series, four days out in the second season. The scene uses the original RV interior set piece that was featured in the original program. So the exact, it even gives us a timeline when Jesse and Walt and Tuco all talked about popcorners. That's great. Yeah. Jesse, Walt, Tuco gets murked in like the third episode of season two. What? Lydia Rodart Quail. I think we'll have her. The iconic characters you all know and love. I hope they're all back. All of those Nazis. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of all the I Nazis. Want. Ted. Can't forget Ted. <laughs> Ted. Uh, the Kettlemans ideally will show up in this. No, no no dose and Arturo make an appearance. That fly from that episode about that fly, he will be, it's going to be a Super Bowl. Do you have any more? Yeah, I don't get like, guys, we got to, selling out is kind of just not a thing anymore. Like, oh, you think that these uh, AMC superstars, you think that they'll take a $5 million? Yes, Asterios, I do. They're not Meryl goddamn Streep. Also, I think, Meryl Streep, I think Meryl Streep would show up as the new Eminem if you paid her enough. Depends oh. how big of a slut that new Eminem is. I've heard they're lesbians now. What have you heard about the new I'm sorry. What have you heard about the new Eminems? Okay. According to Tucker Carlson, uh-huh. I saw something about Tucker Carlson where the woke Eminems, Eminems are, are back. Uh, the, the green Eminem, Eminem got her boots, got her boots back, back, but apparently is, is now a lesbian, lesbian or something. And, and there's, there's also, also a an plus size, obese, purple Eminem. So... They covered cover that, that, of course. Of course. That's what they do. That's what we do. Now, you are, of course, it sounds like you're quoting that famed Tucker Carlson TikTok noise that went around everywhere. TikTok noise. They're called audio. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. The thing I like about this TikTok noise is that even Tucker Carlson seems to be over commenting on the M&Ms. He seems like he's sort of doing it out of duty or necessity as to, as opposed to genuine conservative outrage. Rancho, you have any thoughts? What are you talking about? You don't think Tucker Carlson really believes that these M&Ms are going to, this obese lesbian M&M is going to unravel the absolute fabric of American democracy? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Uh, listeners, by now you've seen the post that Eminem made where they were like, ah, we're putting our spokes candies on hold and we're going to put my Rudolph in charge of the M&Ms. And um, I have been served a lot of this campaign because apparently it's like some sort of like multi-stage storytelling thing that's leading up to the Super Bowl. Um, I got served an ad on Reddit the other day for Save Our Spokes Candies. So apparently M&M's has gone on Twitter, said they've killed the Spokes Candies, they're replacing them with My Rudolph, and they're setting up a storyline where My Rudolph is going mad with power. She's changed the name of M&M's to My and Yuz, and she's put her face on every M&M. And so they're setting up a scenario where on the Super Bowl, the spokes candies, including the ones with masculine footwear, who I'm no longer allowed to jerk it to, come back and defeat Maya Rudolph and the spokes candies are back. And so that way we'll all have that Christmas commercial where Billy West says that he does exist and faints and makes Santa faint or whatever. Uh, Rancho, were you aware of, of the deepest spoke candy lore? This is so fascinating because I have not seen an iota of anything you are talking about on any platform. Man, this must be aimed at Gen Xers. Are you Gen X? I don't remember. Gen Z is the new one, right? Yeah, Gen X. This must be a Gen Xer thing. And honestly, that sounds like the most Gen Xer thing ever is seeing that like you know what people will be super into a story about our m&ms and the corporate hierarchy that goes into creating them and then it's gonna culminate in an ad during the super bowl like yeah that sounds like i, I believe a hundred percent what you're saying but no i've seen absolutely none of it is the purple m&m obese because i really thought we had an obese m&m you know i'm glad you brought that up the first thing that people were concerned about with the purple Eminem was that she was trans because she was purple. And I think conservatives think anything purple is trans or something. I thought purple was bi. I don't know what purple means. Clearly you're asking the wrong. Pur- I'm just telling you what people thought. Okay. So, well, fair enough. <laughs> originally they thought the purple, they were mad that the purple Eminem was trans, but I think because the purple Eminem had a nut in it, they were like, she's a beast. <laughs> So, so yeah, so they did the thing where they're like trying to kill, they, they're trying to kill off the M&Ms, hoping that like regular America will stand up for the spokes candies and kind of battle back against Tucker Carlson's outrage porn shit. You haven't seen this tweet from the M&Ms people I'm about to send you? No, send me. Yeah, I read this tweet, Asterios. It basically says, we're, we're giving the M&Ms on hold and we're making Maya Rudolph. Yes, folks, folks. And the part I find most surprising is that people in the comments are pissed, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, Like, I see people responding to this saying shit like, wow, you just gave Tucker Carlson and the rest of the outraged Fox News powers over candy. It has like 133 likes. It's the first response. And then another one, January 23rd, I am moving to a shack in the forest and I'm no longer participating in society. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with these people? I thought this was going to come out and everybody was going to just collectively roll their eyes and be like, shut the fuck up, brand. But apparently not. Yeah, someone here named Tony says, let's take the candy out of this. 
your advertising was based on supporting women. You are now backing down from it because a conservative talk show host didn't like supporting women. If you take the candy out of it, it's a pretty crappy thing you did. That has 18,000 hearts and 1 million views. Random Twitter user Tony Pazanski. You can't just say if you take the candy out of it when you're talking about a candy campaign. That's the whole uh, thing. All we're talking about is candy here. Yeah, I'm like pissed because like half of these are liberals. Like, guys, stop. They're making fun of us. <laughs> No, stop. They, no, that's what Eminem did. Eminem tried to do this thing where it was going to pretend it was bowing to conservatives to ideally trigger liberals into supporting Eminem's. But I think what Eminem's didn't count on is that like conservatives genuinely do get outraged about shit. Like it is not hard to set them off. Like, they will set their own shoes on fire. They will take a hammer to their own coffee maker. They will never buy a delicious chocolate candy again. Like, liberals really don't. It's hard to get a super upset about a kid. Unless it was like a Nazi candy or something. I'm trying to think of like a... Yeah, wait, what's the last thing liberals all got together and were like, we're not buying this? Exactly. I'm trying, I'm trying to, to think. Think <laughs> of a thing like that. All right, the latest... I think kind of pushback in the culture war happened over Christmas. Tim Allen. Tim Allen is like notoriously conservative. And so as a result, he's always like, no one gives me TV shows or sequels or whatever because I'm conservative. Like put aside the fact that like he's had a home improvement clone called like Last Man Standing on two different television networks for like 10 years now. I think they are afraid to cancel this like show no one watches cuz they're like if we cancel it conservatives will kill us. Like oh. we have to just leave this dumb Last Man Standing show happening. So this guy is to TV as Abby Shapiro is to being an influencer. Yes. They get on there, they do a bunch of crap, and they're like, I am entitled to be uh, Alex Earl, and if I'm not, it means that, uh, oh, I can't make a million dollars on Instagram? This is fucking cancel culture. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm entitled to fans and money, and if you don't give it to me, that means that you hate conservatives. Exactly. And, like, Disney went so far this Christmas as they were like, all right, fine, Tim Allen... You can have another The Santa Claus. We're going to make a The Santa Claus TV show and we're going to put it on Disney Plus. And even in the commercial for his The Santa Claus TV show, Tim Allen says, like, no one's allowed to say Merry Christmas anymore. And it's like, all right, okay. I get that you're trying to trigger me, TV show. <laughs> I'm, I'm not biting. It's like, get Disney Plus and try to fool yourself into thinking you're going to like this new Tim Allen show. Like, get your kids, like, The Santa Claus, the TV show lunchboxes and pajamas like really try to fool yourself into thinking this is good i'm gonna be over here not caring yeah maybe it's because maybe it's because you know i'm trying to think of like you were talking about oh conservatives get so triggered and my my knee-jerk reaction to that was no you can't say that because uh it's just the extreme people on both ends but i'm trying to think of like the last thing liberals have been super pissed off about that was on the equivalence of important as like Eminem pussy. <laughs> Closest thing I could think would be the Harry Potter online. Oh, like, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's one. Probably the closest thing we have then. And it's still like even to the point where I don't I I I it's happening and it's definitely there, but I just feel like it's not the same intensity as we see from conservatives. <laughs> yeah, because my take on that Harry Potter thing is that this game probably isn't going to be very good, so I don't care. 
Like yeah, that was the sentiment that I got, which was like, don't support her. And also it's crap. So why do you want it in the first place? Yeah, that's the, like, that's the weird thing about Harry Potter. It's like she came out as anti-trans at just the right time. <laughs> really don't give a shit about Harry Potter anymore. And we're not seeing those weird like sequel prequels like Dr. Fizz Bangius's Whizzling Wuzzers, whatever those movies are that are supposed to take place in the 1920s with gay Dumbledore. Like, we're not watching them. Yeah, she's politic, and she knows when to politic correctly. Like, uh, Hillary Clinton was anti-gay marriage for the longest time, then gay marriage got really good. She's like, guess who's gay? It's Dumbledore. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, 51% of the population supports this. Guess who's a big gay lord? <laughs> yes, you have to, you, you have to, like, you have to lick your finger and stick it up in the air and see which way the winds are blowing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's just kind of funny to me because I'm watching... A show right now that like liberals love. I'm watching 30 year old episodes of Mystery Science Theater on Pluto <laughs> TV. By the way, there's like three different channels dedicated to Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks. Surprising number of jokes during their uh, Gameron Godzilla movies are just them kind of doing racist Chinesey accents. Really? These puppets, this gumball machine, and this the Crow T robot. And it's like, wow. That really flew back then. That like flew like a jet fighter back then. You were just allowed to make jokes about the Chinese and it was totally fine. Oh, yeah. So many of those things. I watched like old episodes of uh, what's it called? Like not that and Twilight Zone. My parents love the Twilight Zone. Sometimes I'll notice things like that. <laughs> exactly. It's like at least on on Family Guy when they're making fun of the Chinese, they know what they're doing is wrong. They're just doing it anyway. All right, like sometimes you could get like, it's not like little slips up either. Like <laughs> screaming in a racist Chinese accent. <laughs> I know. It's, it's incredible. Like something I think about a lot is like those three episodes of 30 Rock that you now can't find anywhere because they had blackface in them. <laughs> And the thing I always think is I'm like, they just missed it. Like like five years earlier, 10 years earlier, you could have had white, dumb characters thinking blackface was a good idea, but the joke is that it's a bad idea, but the joke is that they're dumb. And it's like, nope, like just like five years too late. There's an entire episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia about that. Yes. You know that? Yes, (laughs) I did. They do the remake of Top Gun and Mac. Or uh, or what was it? Uh, Not Top Gun, uh, Lethal Weapons? That's what I meant. Yeah, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that. Like, they wrote scripts. They did rewrites. They had to have, like, a makeup person, like, bring the blackface goo, like, on set that day. They went to Philadelphia to shoot parts of that because they were like, oh, this is going to be a big episode. Now, like, you cannot. Nope, it's not even on Pluto TV. (laughs) Fucking imagine what the culture must have been like for you to film that shit in Philadelphia. <laughs> Speaking of Philadelphia, did you see uh, Go Birds? They're in the Super Bowl, I guess. The birds are in the bar in the bowl? According to Twitter, I think. My friends asked me, they're like, you coming down for the Super Bowl next weekend? And I was like, I don't think so. You guys planning something? They're like, oh yeah, we're planning which stores we want to rob if there's a riot. And I was like, well, shucks, buddy. <laughs> Plan me in. Sunday, February 12th. Okay, that's on a week or two. Representing the NFC will be the Philadelphia Eagles. I would love to go to to Philadelphia to watch the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? 
are you fucking me? We're not watching it. We don't we get to, to be bar. there. We go to a bar. I mean, we, you know, I want to sell around all the crazies. There've got okay. to be like bars around whatever stadium it's in or whatever, whatever the hell. I just want to see people go nuts. That's all. Is that so wrong? I think they're going to bars near um, the fashion district because they want to write a Sephora in the eventual, in the inevitable uh, post win or loss riot. I love that your friends are now like scheduling out shoplifting. I think that's really cool, actually. They did. They sat down. They were like, oh, my God, we're so excited for the Super Bowl. I was like, you serious? They're like, yeah, Eagles, they're going to be in it. I was like, oh, man, you think it's like, yeah, it's going to be crazy. The windows are going to be all over the place. I guess if they were to wear like COVID masks and you can't have your phone because you don't want to ping any cell phone tower. What's the what, how do we riot? Listeners, between now and the and the Super Bowl, give us your rioting shoplifting tip because you're right. It's like if the Eagles win, it's going to be a 100% off sale at Sephora. It's going to be 100% off sale everywhere. And they got insurance. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, except like I don't care. If the Eagles lose, I don't think you're allowed to riot. I think you're only allowed to victory riot. Oh, who? I want to know your thoughts. I'm just, I'm putting this idea out there. I just want to know your thoughts. Yeah, no, I think victory rioting is definitely better. It's more excusable. I imagine there would be a bigger riot if there was a victory, but I imagine defeat riots will be shut down pretty quickly. It's just, it's hard to join into a defeat riot. I could see like a kid, he's loved the birds his whole life. Go birds. I'm just going to keep saying the phrase, go birds. Go birds. I love that phrase so much. And now it's 20 years later, he's a cop. The birds win the Super Bowl. I think he's going to pull out a service revolver and just start putting slugs into windows to like help people break into those windows faster. Like he's going to have Philly fever. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the reason why a victory riot would be better is because I think there would be more people rioting. Yes. I feel like the number of people that would get drunk and happy and be like, I'm so happy I'm going to smash a Sephora is higher than the number of people who'd get drunk, have this, uh, Eagles lose, then say, wow, I'm so mad. I'm going to smash the windows of a Sephora. I feel like that's 100 to 50 there. Those odds aren't great. I agree with you that there are people who, no matter what, win or lose, are going to break into a Sephora. And they have names, your friends' names. So yes, no uh, matter what, we know that's going to happen. They have a route, Stereos. They have a route to live. That's good. No, look, look, this is the thing that I love about your friends. Two weeks ahead of time, they're getting their ducks in a row. And that's what you have to do. Because if it's the day of the riot and you don't have like a laundry bag to throw stuff into, you're running down the street carrying things in your hands, like you look like a fucking rider. But if you look like a tourist and you have like those like a little zip up suitcases, you can like very quickly like put a bunch of stuff in, then just hop in a taxi, take it to the airport. You don't look like a rider. You look like you're just some lost tourist. Yeah, I was like, uh, where are you guys going to go? Because you gotta, you got to plan your out. And I was like, you got to be out there before you can't just show up for and throw a brick through the window. And they were like, oh, no, yeah, we're going to be at this bar because we want to be able to mix into the crowd yes. easily when everybody pours out of it. Because what are they going to do, arrest all of you? <laughs> Here's what I think should be done. Out of all of us, me, you, and your friends, I'm the one who looks the most suspicious. Absolutely. I think I should be at the bar with the bag. Your friends all go out and they get just a bunch of small stuff, like handfuls of very expensive, but very like small makeup. Bring it back to the bar. I'll put it in the bag. You guys just keep going out for runs like it's uh, like it's Halloween. And then mom will be watching the stash. Like a safe house. Like when your mom sits in the car with your (laughs) trick-or-treat candy. I love it. 
Yeah, exactly. And then if the cops show up and they look at me, I'm going to be like, you think I broke into a Sephora? Me. You think I came to Philadelphia to break into a Sephora when there's perfectly good Sephoras in New York I could have broken into? I'm just trying to watch the game, pal. Go birds. And then I think after I say that, they're going to be like, innocent. And then just walk away. Yeah, they are legally obligated. People don't know this, but in Philadelphia, if you see a cop and you ask them if you're a cop, they are legally obligated to say, yes, go birds, and then leave you alone. Yes. Oh, my God. This is going to be the greatest Super Bowl ever. All right. Well, hey. We've got a lot more show to talk about. Let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back with more of the Loudest Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loudest Podcast. Uh, some unfortunate news. I was laid off. I'm in sorry. The big tech layoffs. You Listeners, you've been seeing all these newspaper articles, like all oh, these a married couple at Google, like were having their baby while they got the email that they were being laid off. And people were at Facebook for like 10 or 15 years getting laid off. Like for some reason, just all of big tech got together and they were like, we're going to fire like 5% of our staff as like a warning shot to everyone else to get their asses back to the office. And unfortunately, like I was laid off. Uh, I, I spent about a year working for like a big tech firm. My boss, my boss's boss, like our entire department was just like shoved into the garbage. <laughs> like uh, like someone just throwing all of the papers off of a desk. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, so I was laid off. Of, I, I found out I found that out last week. It was really sad. I got called into one of those 1 p.m. meetings. And it was like, hey, 1 p.m. meeting with like the with the most important person at your company that you have access to. And I, and I was like, oh, God, because it just said like 1 p.m. sync, a stereos and like Matt or whatever. Oh, yeah. No, you never want to unannounced be called in with like somebody way more important than you because that means uh, shit's going down. <laughs> of course. And I immediately think like, well, I'm in trouble for something I've done. I don't even know what it could be. I'm just like, they caught me. They caught me being a stereos Coconos. They're they're bringing me in just on general principles of being me. General internet charges. Yes, exactly. And so I get this little thing. It's like, oh, I'm meeting at 1 p.m. today with like a member of the board of directors. And so I slack them trying to be like sneaky. I'm like, hey, is there anything I should prepare for the meeting today? And they're like, nope. Just be there. Thanks. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> oh God. Prepare your ass to go find a new job. Yeah. And then so I'm reaching out to my boss and I'm like, hey, did you get put on a meeting today? Well, I was like, I did get put on a meeting today. I'm like, do you know what it's about? He's like, I don't know what it's about. Like, okay. Now, when you work in big tech, yeah, like they call you in a meeting to like lay you off. But like. Right before, right after the meeting, your email stops working. And like, that's one of the terrifying things about like working in big tech is that like, if your email is taking just a little too long, if your calendar is taking a little too long, if your outlook is taking just like a minute too long, you're like, oh, that's it. I've been fired. They've, they've shut off my access. I'm done. I'm done. This is how I'm done. Is your Wi-Fi slow or is your paycheck going to be slow to get here forever? <laughs> yes, you never know what it is. And so I get called in and they're like, and they're like, we're sorry. Uh, <laughs> your department <laughs> is no longer necessary. And I'm like, yeah, well, I could have told you that. I told you, I totally understand. <laughs> and so I've just been real depressed since that happened. Cause I was really, really happy. I think you guys, you listeners might remember 
when I got this job, like I was pumped. I was like, oh my God, it's like a big time. And then, you know, that recent trip I took to Milwaukee, I was like, oh, they're flying me out to Milwaukee and this and that and that. And yeah, so it's really depressing. It's kind of a downer. Yeah, these fuck-ups just did their big fucking corporate conference. And uh, what was it? Like, hooray, we have no more money. This is it, folks. Order that Zafiro Vignejo this time. Because we're not going to get another <laughs> chance with that corporate credit card. I don't quite understand it either. But look, the good news is I ate a ton of like really weird, interesting Milwaukee food while I was there. I was going to just like weird uh, hotel bars and getting like beet salads and things like that. Like I, I did. And then like I went to like some sort of special Milwaukee ice cream place and tried like special Milwaukee ice cream. So I feel like I, you know, I had a good run. No regrets. I, when it came to expensing my meals, I left it all out there on the field. Yeah, it, it, businesses are so weird like that because it seems like I've worked for a bunch of places that were like one day, wow, we're doing amazing. We're number one in the industry. And the next week it's like, we're broke. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you ever read? When you were in uh, high school, when I was in high school, we had to read a lot of those weird Russian novels like Anna Karenina. And it, a lot of the plot lines of them would be families losing their fortune, but then they still have like drivers and maids and like entire <laughs> house staff. So it's like chapter 19. My maid brought me tea that the chef had prepared. We are losing money at a drastic rate. And then chapter 20, we are now destitute. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, where does all this money go? How are you living so large like 36 pages ago? And now you, you don't have a cent. You need to sell your body on the street. Yeah, I don't know, but that is the way it is. Like uh, something I got told a long time ago when it came to like television is that like the executives are like, your show's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. We love it. We love it. We love it. You're a genius. You're a genius. You're fired. We're canceling you. Like, there's just like, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's really no benefit to like scaring all of your employees and letting them know that like, we probably shouldn't have all gone to Milwaukee. We're probably not going to be around in a couple of It's like, uh, you know, I guess it's trying to give everybody like one last nice Christmas before we all have to move out of the house. Yeah, wow. Thanks, guys. Thank you for this big party I didn't want to go to in the middle of fucking Milwaukee. Oh, damn it. If I had it all over to do again, I would have drank the entire time. I spent I so much time in Milwaukee trying not to drink. I went to like our company's casino night and there's like people dressed up like casino cocktail waitresses just walking around handing out doubles and quadruples. I'm such a fool. Congratulations to Asterios Kokonos, who has won our $20,000 grand prize. We are now destitute. (laughs) We have no more money. (laughs) Look, the one interesting thing about this is, for the first time in my life, I'm being given big tech severance. Rancho, are you aware of the differences between like big tech severance and every other kind of severance? Uh, the difference between big tech severance and other severance is that big tech severance exists. That's exactly right. Next question. <laughs> I don't know why. But when you work for like one of these gigantic companies. They got to pay you to leave. And they'll pay you to like, I worked at this big tech firm for like less than a year. I, and again, I was really excited. I worked goddamn hard at this place. They're like, we feel really bad that that we have eliminated your entire department. Here's two months of severance and two months of health insurance. Damn. Which is incredible. I mean, that's like, you know, look, I'm depressed I lost my job, but 
I'm impressed. <laughs> like I can now maybe not work for a little bit. Maybe like sleep till noon every once in a while as like oh, yeah. a 40 year old man. That's weird. That's a weird thing to be able to do as a 40 year old man. Yeah. It's not like you do that every day anyway. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, certainly no, no, no. I take working from home very seriously. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's that's what's going on in my life recently like a lot of people have been reaching out they've been texting me and DMing me and I haven't been getting back to them I think even Zwick is like very worried like Zwick sent me a text and a discord and didn't hear back from me so he sent me like a steam game because he was like maybe this maybe this guy's phone is stolen but his steam games are I had to do that once I had to do that once because I was in China and there was no uh connection to Western social media sites, so I had to like send you a dollar on Venmo and be like, "Hey, I'm in China." <laughs> oh, that's right, you did. Yeah, thanks for the dollar, by the way. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So that's kind of that's what's been going on with me lately. Um, do you think that like these giant tech layoffs are about like scaring workers and getting them all back into the office, or do you think that this is just one of those monkey see monkey do things where someone's like, oh? Facebook just laid off people. We should lay off some people, too, to show the markets that we're keeping up. I don't know, because it feels like if it were a monkey see, monkey do thing, it would have started with Elon Musk and Twitter, because yes. he did that a while ago. And then I feel like that was the genesis of all of this. But I don't know why you'd want to copy Elon Musk, because he's a fucking loser. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that would be my argument against, which is that like Apple and Google and Facebook, they're all like, we are not Twitter. Your money is safe with us. Um, But Musk, interestingly, he promised a bunch of people like three months of severance and now he is not delivering. And now there are like a lot of potentials for class action lawsuits against Musk, where it's just like, why did you open your mouth and tell people you'd give them three months of money if you weren't going to do that? Like, it's oh. a weird thing to do, Elon Musk. Elon Musk got on a public platform and then t- shot his mouth off without really thinking through the whole plan that he promised to everyone. Well, slap my tit and call me fucking Rob Kardashian. Couldn't have seen that from seven miles away. You know, it is amazing because he also did promise he'd fix all the water in Flint, Michigan. And he did also promise he would take care of world hunger through the U.N. He also this- said he was going to save free speech and he didn't. It's still frozen and it's still oh, squashed oh, on. Granted, but it's like those are those all seem like big and ethereal things. Fixing the water in a city. Uh, stopping world hunger. Like you promised a bunch of people who clearly have some money. That you'd give them a lot of money, and when you don't, they're going to sue you. Like, these are very well-off tech employees you're fucking with, Elon. That'd be really lit if that's how Twitter went down, was a bunch of people suing him because they didn't give him their severance. God, that'd be so fucking funny. No, I would love that. The other great story going around at Twitter is that, so apparently, like, a bunch of the uh, janitors went on strike, (laughs) and- And so Elon Musk was like, well, then I'm just going to fire all of you. And so for a while, there was no toilet paper at the offices and people had to bring in toilet paper from home. Good. (laughs) And then Elon Musk went on Twitter and he was like, the toilet paper story is grossly overblown. For one part of one day, there was no toilet paper. And it's like, well, okay, if you're admitting to that and the truth is somewhere in the middle... There was like a week when Twitter's office was just like a stinky toilet bowl covered in flies. Oh, that means like there was an absolute week where everyone had to poop in diapers or something. It's like when you ask an alcoholic how much they have to drink, you always have to right. add three to it. Yes. <laughs> there was 
just like a like a mountain of shit popping yeah. out of like one of the toilet bowls. Half of one day, that means half of one week. Everybody had to poop in their hands and then wipe it on the wall. The Starbucks across from Twitter, there was a like bathroom is out of order, especially the Twitter employees sign on that Starbucks bathroom. You know how they always say that homeless are going to Starbucks bathroom and shooting up? They're actually going to Twitter's office and shooting up because the Starbucks bathroom was occupied by people pooping. <laughs> Damn it, I said I wasn't going to talk about Elon Musk this year. You bring, you pulled me right back into this. I didn't. This one's on you, Rancho. Exactly. No, I'm totally guilty. So, listeners, I'm currently between jobs. If you have any job hunting advice, any resume advice, if you, rebranding advice, portfolio advice, you email the loudest podcast at gmail.com or you leave us a little voicemail at 848-863-5343. Hi, listeners. Last week, we did play your voicemails. We did do that. We did. We can do it again. I'm not saying I'm guaranteeing it's going to be happen, but it may or may it may. There is a possibility. It is possible, maybe even probable, that we yes. will play a voicemail again. <laughs> Their voicemails will be back in the future. It's just you listeners. We just need enough good ones. To just make a full segment. So do your part at 848-863-5343 or you record a little voice note, you email to the loudest podcast at gmail.com. That is it for this week's show. We love you. We will talk to you later. 